Welcome to What's Pass's podcast. My name is Roberts. I'm Damien. And I'm Steve. And I'm James. And on this episode, we're going to be going through some of the miscellaneous podcast segment ideas we've had over the past five weeks before we dive into Christmas next episode. And if that's your thing and you're watching on YouTube, why not like, comment and subscribe? And if you're listening to us on any other platform, please hit that follow button. So the first section that we're going to do, uh, this was an idea that I think Damien had a couple of weeks ago, and this was to come up with a, a cast list for a Shakespeare play based on actors from a a different from a franchise. Um, so we we were playing this game with uh, casting the Tempest, but with actors from Doctor Who. But this week we're going to do uh, Midsummer Night's Dream with actors. Are we doing Doctor Who again? We've all yeah, seen Doctor does Who, ev- right? Does everyone know Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we can do with Doctor Who then. Okay. And you yeah. can join in too, viewers. Just yeah. uh, If you're watching on YouTube, just put, it, put your answers down in the comments. Yeah. So uh, so the the four kind of young people, so two boys and two girls, and they are uh, Hermia and Helena and Lysander and Demetrius. Yeah. So who would we have as, as these four? I actually played... Uh, Demetrius, when I did a version of Midsummer Night's Dream. I don't know, maybe Rory as uh, Demetrius or Lysander, you know, played by Arthur Darville. Yeah, I could imagine that, yeah. Yeah? I'd go with Lysander. Yeah. I'd yeah. go with Arthur, Arthur Darville as Lysander. Does so that mean that we're going to have uh, Karen Gillian as Hermia? I was thinking that anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah? I, I was genuinely thinking yeah. that anyway. Oh, there we go. So then we could have maybe Mickey... And the actor's called Mickey Smith, actor Noel Clark. That's the one. Noel Clark, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's pretty easy to cast uh, young female characters in these plays from Doctor Who, isn't it? Because yeah, it's just so many. Are you putting uh, Billy Piper then as Helena? Are you? I reckon we should keep Billy Piper away from from anything. <laughs> why, I, David? I believe we've all why, uh, we've already uh, explained this. <laughs> No, I don't think we talked about this. We, I mean, to be fair, the difference between Christopher Eccleston's terrible production of Macbeth and Billy Piper's terrible production of Yerma, I, I oh. think one of the big problems with Macbeth was Eccleston's performance, but I think the problems with Yerma were mainly like direction. I didn't think she was bad in it. I thought it was just a bad, a bad play, or, or, or at the very least, a bad production. Oh, I didn't see that play, actually, Yerma. I didn't see that one, so... You didn't miss much. Okay. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it did seem to appeal very much to, uh, shall we say, some women of a certain age. And I think maybe part of the problem was it wasn't really made for 20-year-old men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing as it's about, you know, motherhood and, and uh, that kind of thing. Mm. So the next pair you've got are... Uh, it's usually doubled in productions, isn't it? Yeah. You've got Theseus and Hippolyta. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they usually double as the the king and queen of the fairies, Oberon and Titania. So you kind of t- you generally they're played by sort of slightly older actors, aren't they? Um, well, he he is, yeah. I could kind of imagine uh, someone like Paul McGann as Oberon slash Theseus. Paul oh, McGann, yeah. someone oh. uh, someone a little bit yeah. older with a yeah, bit yeah. of kind of gravitas to. Yeah. Would you have? Um... Catherine Tate as Hippolyta or Titania? I was just thinking that, yeah. 
Yeah, I can imagine that, actually. Yeah, Titania. Yeah. yeah. Who would we have as Puck? So Puck's kind of a, a sort of a trickster. It's usually played by man, isn't it? And it's a, yeah. quite a, a kind of youthful, quite energetic kind of trickster role. I don't see an issue with uh, Matt Smith <laughs> doing that at all, to be honest. Because no. he's no stranger to playing kind of tricky yeah. characters. No. Yeah, I could kind of imagine that. Should he play the character with or without hair? <laughs> yeah, because he does tend to shave his head, shave his head yes. quite a lot for roles. He does. Well, he can do whatever he wants with his hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have just a blue mo- mohawk. The next big role is bottom. Well, yeah. I've got a suggestion which is for you. A, which is a role that I played in the Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, Matt Lucas. Yeah, yeah. he has. Well, he has actually point. played bottom in a BBC adaptation. <clears throat> that doesn't surprise me. In that case, since he's already been in that role, he was in the uh, in the, um, else. the year of the four hundredth anniversary. They did the uh, BBC did a version of it. He had Matt Lucas as um, bottom, John Hanna as Theseus, uh, Maxine Peake as Titania. Oh, um, uh, Bernard Cribbins was one of the mechanicals, as was Richard Wilson, one foot in the grave. He was another one of the mechanicals. With Elaine Page playing Mistress Quince. How about Toby Jones? As? As Bottom. Yeah. For those who don't know who Toby Jones is, if you recall on one of the Matt Smith episodes, The Dream Lord, yeah. that's who he plays. Yeah. He's also in The Detectorists. I just had a thought. So there's a character, he's a pretty small character. Um, yeah. A character, Aegeus, who's Hermia's oh, yeah. father, seeing as we've had Karen Gillan as Hermia, and she's yeah. Scottish. Uh, uh, I thought maybe we could go with Peter Capaldi as uh, yeah as that character, seeing as it's a, yeah. an that older fits. man. Yeah, I like that. Who, who would we have uh, David Tennant playing then? Well, what other characters have we got for Mr. Man Extreme? Which one's the one that's the leader of the mechanicals? Quince. Yeah, I can maybe imagine. I can maybe imagine David Tennant as that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um... You wouldn't have thought of David Tennant as bottom. Oh, he could do that as well, yeah. Just to kind of change your role for him, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Or Puck, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think, I think, think for him, I think Puck would be more suitable. So that means that we're changing uh, Matt Smith to something else then, are we? I don't know about this, but, um, but I would kind of like to see Bradley Walsh play Francis Flute. He's definitely the wrong age for it, <laughs> but it would it would be quite funny because um, the description here from Spark Notes says the bellows mender chosen to play Thisbe in the craftsman's play for um, Thisbe's marriage celebration. The, uh, the oh yes, that was sorry. Thought <laughs> uh, forced to play a young girl in love. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that would be funny. Just. Seeing Bradley Walsh pretending to be a girl in love. On saying that, I just had another idea. You could put Bradley Walsh as Peter Quince and David Tennant as Thisbe. (laughs) Not Thisbe, um, Francis Flute, I mean. (laughs) I think Bradley Walsh would be alright as Peter Quince. Trying to get his group of fellows together. I think that would work. And maybe David Tennant as Francis Flute, possibly. I thought David Tennant was Puck. Oh, well, okay then. Matt Smith as, as Francis Flute then. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so who have we got so far for people? Um, so, so far we've got, 
Arthur Darvill as Lysander, Noel Clark yeah. as Demetrius, Karen Gillan as Hermia, Billy Piper as Helena, yeah. Paul McGann as Oberon and Theseus, yeah. Catherine Tate as Titania and Hippolyta, David Tennant as Puck, Toby Jones as Bottom, Peter Capaldi as Aegeus, Bradley Walsh as Quince, and mm. uh, Matt Smith as one of the mechanicals. I can't remember which one we said. There's uh, Francis Flute, I think, wasn't it? All right, so who are we having as Snout? Who would play the character that you played, do you reckon, Damon? Did you play yeah, Snout, you can you? play the character that I played. Hmm. Ooh, this would be quite funny. Go on. Michelle Gomez, the one who played Missy. Actually, yeah, she could either play Hippolyta or Titania, and Catherine Tate play the other. Yeah. You'd have to have the same one playing both, could you? Do you? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Well, John, John Barrowman could also play Snout. Yeah? He's John Barrowman, yeah, I forgot about him. John Barrowman would be quite an interesting bottom. <laughs> would he now? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant, Damien. <laughs> uh, I could kind of imagine Sylvester McCoy as one of the mechanicals, actually. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Because he plays yeah. kind of comedy roles quite a lot. Yeah. He can play Tom Snout, then. Hmm. Were we going to have Michelle Gomez as uh, maybe Hippolyta or Titania? Yeah, one or the other, and then Catherine Tate as the other. I think it'll work either way, actually, with them two. I can imagine them. I can imagine them alternating the roles from one performance to the next. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Um, yeah, we've got one more mechanical. And what is that? The mechanical? Which one is that one? Was oh, it Starveling? Starveling, yeah. Which one does he play? Yeah, Robin Starveling is one of the mechanicals. Is the tailor in a play within a play? He plays Thisbe's mother. Yeah, and also he ends up playing the part of Moonshine. I don't know, this is a very weird one. Go on. But Penelope Wilton, the woman who goes, Harriet Jones, former Prime yeah. Minister. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> but more specifically though, I'm thinking about Penelope's role within um, within Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just how out of, the, out of this world she was. Yeah, out of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That'd work. I saw, uh, a couple of years ago, I saw a production of The Winter's Tale from the Globe Theatre that was that starred Annette Badland. Oh, yeah. Um, in it, who was the woman that played Mar- Margaret Slothine, I think. Yeah. Character is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she obviously does uh, does Shakespearean acting. Yes, obviously. Then we've got the uh, the Four Fairies. Uh, of Titania's who attend to Bottom when she falls in love with him. And so you fall in love. Peas Blossom, Cobweb, Moat and Mustard Seed. Maybe Pearl Mackey. Um, As one yeah. of them. <laughs> I'm just going to name Peace four Blossom. things now. Um, I was thinking Sha- um, Sasha Dor- um Dan one? I don't know how to pronounce oh, that. Yeah, the one who's playing it? the new master, you mean? Do you Sasha know how to pronounce that? Sasha Dawan. Sasha Dawan. Sasha Dawan. Um, yeah, you could, you could possibly yeah. play yeah, one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing stopping a male player one. The Jenna Coleman. There's another one. You could have four females or two males, two females, whatever. Because uh, that's what we did, wasn't it? Two males, two females. Mm. Yeah. One other one that we've forgotten that we haven't cast yet is John Sim. Or you could have him and and Paul McGann, one as Oberon and the other as Theseus. Yeah. 
So we've got the only ones we've got left are moth and mustard seed. Yeah, moth, yeah. I reckon uh, canine as uh, as moth. Yeah, that'd be good. Getting canine involved somewhere. <laughs> canine as moth and um, Nicholas Briggs as the voice of the Daleks for mustard seed. <laughs> yeah, it's now the fairies as some of them characters. One is canine, the other's a Dalek, the other's a Cyberman. It was the third, it was the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic the act- cast. <laughs> the actor who voices Kate Na- K9 is 77 years old. Is he? Yeah. Wow. John John Leeson. Oh, okay. I saw him at a convention. Oh, that's nice. It's funny because he did, he did the voice just on stage and it's he just does the voice. There's no like processing on it. It's literally he just does the voice oh, yeah. as you hear it pretty much. Cool. <laughs> I could have... Um, the one that plays Martha is the other one. Freema. Um, yeah, Freema Agamon. Yeah, that's it. The guy that plays Strax is called... Dan Starkey. Dan Starkey, thank you. Well, well, if we keep with the idea of having two two men and two women. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think we've, I think we've got our list then. So we've got... Shall I go through the list from the start? So we've got Arthur Darville as Lysander, Noel Clarke as Demetrius, Karen Gillan as Hermia, yeah. Billy Piper as Helena. Mm-hmm. John Sim slash Paul McGann as Oberon uh, and Theseus. Yeah. Michelle Gomez slash Catherine Tate as Titania and Hippolyta. Yeah. David Tennant as Puck. Toby Jones as Bottom. Peter Capaldi as Aegeus. Bradley Walsh as Quince. Matt Smith as Flute. Sylvester McCoy as Snout. Penelope Wilton as Starveling. Pearl Mackie as Peas Blossom. Sasha Dewan as Cobweb, Dan Starkey as Moth, and Freema Agumon as Mustard Seed. And there we have, I hope, a play fitted. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah. There's a game you can try with your friends if you are uh, Shakespeare nerds and also fans of uh, a franchise that has enough actors to fill the roles. Yeah. Uh, please comment below what you think of our casting of Midsummer Night's Dream with Doctor Who actors. Next time we do this, if we do this again in a future episode, we should do um, Harry Potter actors playing, uh, doing Macbeth. Ooh. Ooh. So the next bit we're going to do, in episode three, we did a little scene from Death Trap, and I think that went down quite well. So uh, we're going to do a little scene from another play that we were doing, which is Wait Until Dark by Frederick Knott. And this is a play that we were rehearsing and it was supposed to be performed during the kind of spring or early summer of this year. But unfortunately, it's been postponed indefinitely because of you know what. So uh, here's a little scene. This is from the act one, scene one. And these two sort of small time criminals have broken into this flat. Uh, They got an anonymous phone call telling us to meet there. My character, Mike, has just got out of prison. And Stephen's character, Croker, um, has been, I think, lying low for a bit. Yeah. And they they used to be part of this sort of three-person crime group with this woman called Lisa. Yeah. Who we haven't met yet. Uh, and shortly after this section, they're, they're joined by another man called Rote, played by Rob. <laughs> What did he sound like? What did who sound like? The Joker who phoned. 
Some kind of foreigner. Five to one, the accent was put on. Where were you when he phoned? My usual place. And you? My usual place. So? So? Lisa? It's got to be Lisa. Who else knows where to find us? What's through there? Bedroom and bathroom. Another entrance? No, bars on all the windows. I wonder if this place is bugged. Lisa! Shh, shut up. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Who is it? Good evening, Mr. Trenton. You've got the wrong place. Oh, have I? Then could I be interesting you in a rug for your study? I'd be giving this away at two pounds. But for you, sir... Uh, No rugs, thank you. Then if I may just deliver my message. Who from? From the party who phoned you not half an hour ago. Then why the hell didn't you say so? (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Trenton. That's not my name. Uh! Oh, I beg your pardon. I had no idea you were there. Now, I'll be candid and honest with you, gentlemen. Strictly speaking, this is not my carpet. I discovered it in a pile of junk on what demolition site at the back of here. And seeing as it's a little damp and a bit cheesy, five bob and I'll be on my way. Let's have the message and say that stinking thing out of here. Where's Lisa? I beg your pardon, Mr. Trenton? Let's get this straight, Charlie. My name is not Trenton, and I've never heard of such a person. But a grand name, don't you think? Good old Mike Trenton. Don't you think it suits him fine, Sergeant Croker? Sergeant who? And you will be the detective, Sergeant Croker. Come on. Who the hell are you? I am Harry Rote from St Albans. Okay, Mr Rote from St Albans. The message and out. Who sent you here? The message, children, is that once upon a time, there were two small confidence men. I believe they'd just come out of jail, poor fellows. One of them was tall and rugged, and he'd drop in on a housewife when she was alone and pretends to be an old friend of her husband's. The other would turn up a little later as a CID man, but the real brains of the outfit was a beautiful and talented girl. She could be young or old, French, Italian, Stockton on tees. Where is Lisa? Both men fell for her and would make little passes when the other wasn't looking. (laughs) With a quite pathetic lack of success. Finally, she got bored with them, made an anonymous phone call to the police, and then disappeared, taking their loot with her. As they say, there's no one quite so gullible as a con man in love. Well, there we go. I hope you enjoyed that little um, that little acting segment from Wait Until Dark. Uh, if you want to hear more of that, why don't you uh, comment down below and uh, let us know what you'd like us to, to read. Uh, well done to Rob as well. He'd never read that three before, so um, that was good. And uh, Rob's now going to read us a little section from a book he's got called Tips for Actors. And who's the book by, Rob? Uh, the book is by Fergus Craig. Fergus Craig. Okay. Good old Fergie. Good old Fergie. Why don't you take it away? (laughs) Okay. So uh, the first tip I have is how to behave on your first day of rehearsals. So the first day of rehearsals is always nerve wracking. The likelihood is that you won't know many of the cast and you, of course, want to create a good impression. There are a number of ways to do this. 
If you're not already a recognisable face in the industry, your first concern should be to make sure that everyone knows you're a professional actor to be reckoned with. Always walk in wearing the t-shirt of another production you've been in. This says loud and clear, think twice before underestimating me. I was in a regional touring production of chess. Don't rely just on the t-shirt though. You need to keep reminding people that you've worked before. Say things like, oh, a clock. We had one of those in the rehearsal room for Jonathan Creek, in which I played a police officer for not one, but two episodes. Here's a nice trick you can try. When the director asks if anyone has any questions before the first read-through, put your hand up and say, how many credits are allowed in our program entries? Because I have 24, 28 including rehearsal read-ins. The first read-through is very important. There is no getting away with the fact that all of the actors are judging each other on how they perform. If you stumble over a word, there is a very real chance that you could be sacked on the spot. In some more brutal Eastern European theatre companies, an actor is often shot for less. This is why I recommend reading as quietly as possible. That way, if you do make a mistake, no one will know. If anyone complains that they can't hear you, Shout, acting is about listening. You're obviously not listening hard enough. If somebody else messes up, then this is a great opportunity to get on the director's side early by tutting. In fact, a tutting is an underused tool by actors throughout the business. If any actor makes a mistake of any kind within a five mile radius of you, you should always be there with an undermining tut. The worse everyone else is at acting, the better chance you have of getting ahead. Tuts are a superb way of knocking people's confidence. I am proud to say that I can think of no less than three actors who have given up acting altogether, thanks to my persistence, tutting. Lovely, thank you for that, Rob. I think I might have to uh, get that book, or hopefully we can hear some more from that in future segments. Okay, so moving on, the next section is uh, we're going to do a short quiz. This week it was my turn to think of some questions. So I've come up with five questions from a Zoom quiz I did months ago during the first lockdown. Uh, so they're on musical theatre. So there are five questions in all. And the question number one is name the opening song from the musical Wicked. Okay, question two. Name the opening song from the musical Oklahoma. Okay, question number three. Name the opening song from the musical Oliver. Oh. Ooh. Um. Okay, question four. Name the end of Act One song from the musical Les Miserables. And finally... Name the end of Act 1 song from the musical Mamma Mia. Okay. Number one, name the opening song from Wicked. It was No One Mourns the Wicked. Okay, number two, name the opening song from Oklahoma. It was Oh What a Beautiful Morning. Question three, name the opening song from Oliver. Did you get this one? Food, glorious food. That's the one I've put down as well. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Question four. Name the end of Act One song from Les Mis. 
Damien? One day more. It was one day more, yeah. And finally, question five, and then the, name the end of Act One song from Mamma Mia. Anyone get this? Anyone got, anyone got any answers? Well, I, I, because I didn't know the answer, it would help. I just put down SOS. <laughs> the answer to question five was Voulez Vous. Oh. Well, I got one right out of five. How much did you get, Damon? Two. Oh. Uh, one. Well, Damien, since you got two and you won, you can do the questions next time. Yay! Uh, thank you for the uh, quiz, James. Thank you, James. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, strange little episode. But uh, if you did enjoy, nonetheless, then uh, remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and comment down below. And if you're watching on a- any other platform, then please hit that follow button. This podcast is now available on most streaming platforms, including Bandcamp, YouTube, and Spotify. Also, check out the links in the description for our other channels and websites. And on that point, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And to play us out, here is the opening music that I wrote a while back for Wait Until Dark. It hasn't been used yet, but here's hoping that we'll be able to use it on stage in the future. So this is the overture from Wait Until Dark, and I was going for a kind of 60s, late 60s Vietnam kind of vibe, which is uh, the kind of era that the play is set in. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.